Welcome to What Has My Attention, and this is John Beethan. Continuing on with Women in Strong Leadership, Priscilla came to me through Christine, our voiceover artist at Imagine Podcasting. And Christine, thank you. From Priscilla's website, change is afoot, and we know that we are the catalyst for change. But change requires first a new level of leadership within ourselves, followed by a new level of leadership externally. We have deep questions that are inviting us to lead ourselves first, then to lead others. And here's the truth. What got you to this level of success isn't what will take you to the next. Here are a few topics and questions we covered today. Alignment is quintessential the state of resource optimization. How can we do great work? From the Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide, discover your archetype. There are five. Take the quiz and find out your archetype. The Akashic Records Training. For a CEO and a business skill, self-trust is your greatest asset. And finally, back to the basics, water, nourishing food, breathing room and space, and for some, meditation or exercise. I'm grateful now to bring you Priscilla Stefan. Hey, Priscilla, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Good for you. Just jump right in there. Hi, everyone. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to thank you so much for being here because you are, you know, going to be a part of the series called Women in Strong Leadership. Thank you. It's it's not a uh, sequential series. Uh, Do the best I can to bring on women because um, my focus and passion on this podcast, what has my attention is to elevate women's voices to be heard. Thank you so much. We are so grateful. I speak on behalf of all women. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, it's where I've, I've been, I've been, um, how do I say this? Been in this consciousness for a pretty long time, about 14 years. And it's a long story I'm not going to tell. I've already told it on other episodes about meeting a meeting somebody that uh, wrote a book called In Search of the Lost Feminine by Craig Barnes, which I recommend anybody to read. What The first thing I want to do, though, is I want to actually share your website, and I'll tell you why. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, so so here's the thing about it. From a marketing perspective, from everything else, is it has such clarity about what you do. I mean, Thank it's just, you. <laughs> and you can get to that website, PriscillaStefan.com. And uh, yeah, but here's my question. Look at this. When I saw this, it's like, I'm going to read this because for those people that are not watching the video and, and uh, really hearing the audio podcast only, change is afoot and we know that we are the catalysts for change. Yay. But change requires first a new level of leadership within ourselves, followed by a new level of leadership externally. We have deep questions that are inviting us to lead ourselves first, then to lead others. And here's the truth. What got you to this level of success isn't what will take you to the next. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Well, I actually had that sound effect. I mean, it's right here. It's called popping a cork. Ooh. 
Ooh, it feels like champagne. I love it. Yeah, I know. I love it. So I'll stop sharing the screen and, and I'll bump the microphone while I'm doing it. But uh, why don't you comment a little bit about that, if you don't mind? I think that as we evolve into whatever the next level in our growth, personally, spiritually, and certainly in business, that we mm. find that they, the new level requires a new set of beliefs, a different way of being, different perspectives, and a recalibration or realignment of what will uh, support us next. It's a different phase of, um, uh, I guess I would equate it to a house. You're not on the ground floor, you're on the first floor, right? And from the first floor, you can see slightly higher above. And the second floor, you can see you have a different perspective. It's a different layout. And so honoring that can be um, liberating and also can bring forth questions of, well, now what? Because it can be uncomfortable to be in a space where you're either letting go of something that you have already uh, tested out to be working. And it can be even more scary when something that you have counted on to work and to bring in money and to support your message no longer works. And then you go, now what? And sometimes it can be a combination of both. And I've been in that space a few times and it really is a beautiful space of opportunity to see how can I really contribute my gifts in a way that energizes me, energizes my audience, supports them in their leadership and gives me energy. And um, I think it's the energy piece that's so important because if we're going to a new level, it means that if we stay where we were, the return, you know, there's, um, we're going to start to be drained if we stay stagnant. And so there, right. um, what is the term in economics? It's um, a diminishing return on investment if you stay put mm -hmm. and you don't move forward. And, but it is a, it's both a space of incredible opportunity and it can be quite scary to be faced with the now what, but it is the step that's calling to us and it is the game changer as well. Mm -hmm. And so you work with clients and businesses, individuals and businesses? I work with uh, women, service-based women entrepreneurs who already have an established business um, at least three years in business. They either have been hovering under the six-figure mark or they are already quite established and they find themselves having either burned out or um, feeling that there's something new tugging at them and they want to have the clarity to figure out, well, what's next? Or they can also come up against a very good quality but scary problem to have, which is that they have more one-on-one -on -one clients or too many clients and they don't know what to do with that. And that usually means a reconfiguration of their business model which doesn't have to be an overhaul, but more importantly, it is an opportunity for them to ask the deeper questions within themselves of what do I really want? If I stop listening to the shoulds in the world and to my partner or whatever, what do I want to create in my business? And that doesn't always mean growing bigger. Sometimes it can actually mean streamlining or even downsizing the business so it's more spacious. And there are ways to keep your income level strong or growing 
without necessarily making the business bigger by adding team or you know making it bigger in terms of adding more expenses. And so this is where the reconfiguration of what we think we have to do or what is possible in business, mm -hmm. uh, that's really where I shine because I help people get really honest about what they really want lifestyle-wise and income-wise and then make sure that the business model and the way that the business is designed works for what's the next season of their life and also the cycle of business that they're in. And I don't hear a lot of people address like what season is your life yeah. right now, you know, and yes. what cycle is your business in? It could be, you know, sunset years, not sunrise years. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's funny. Cycles. It's really interesting. I feel like I'm just getting started. I know. I love that about you. And I feel too, like I just like ignited the match, you know? <laughs> yeah. Beginner's mind, you know, and it, it, what thought I had when you were talking was uh, within this spaciousness is uh, what it is, is less is more. Exactly. So, so the you, you're, I'm highly visual and you painted a very rich picture for me, which was that you know, it's like, yeah, take some of the things you're doing that maybe the clients you have and kind of make it for more spacious in terms of your business, which means it'll affect your life. And part of this has to do with kind of an aha I had a couple of months ago, actually, which was when I started to contemplate how people learn, uh, most people's reaction or, or comment was through experience. But what I learned was it is the contemplation of the experiences we have that actually facilitates the learning. I love that. That's a really beautiful distinction. And my clients tend to be already very successful, very passionate, mm -hmm. certainly very good at what they do. But and really, they do crave spaciousness. You know, they do crave more breathing room, um, A, because they care so deeply about their clients. And my clients tend to be attorneys, uh, bookkeepers, coaches, consults, consultants. Um, I have a, a doctor even in there. And they care so deeply, but they've also, because of that, they tend to give too much. And they've, they need to reconfigure things so that things fall into alignment. And um, here's a quote that came out of me one day, and I happen to have it here. You know, we talk about performance and we talk about optimization of resources and stuff. So here's my philosophy on alignment. Alignment is the quintessential state of resource optimization. Oh my gosh. Would you, re would you repeat that again, please? Alignment is the quintessential state of resource optimization. Mm. And that's why on my website further below that, you know, that, you know, I talk about how, you know, people, I, th I think what I say on the website is that people often say that, you know, just dream bigger and go after your dreams and that's enough, you know, and that just, you know, following your dreams will get you where you want to go. And I'm saying that's not, that's only part of the puzzle. Alignment is really what will create the shift that you want because if we are for example stagnant in an old business model or an old perception of our own sense of leadership and how we're running the business that is causing misalignments and misalignments are a you're not using your resources to the fullest capacity which can lead to burnout which can lead to missed opportunities money leaks energy leaks 
health imbalances. And so alignment, even though very much in the mystical, woo-woo, spiritual, even coaching world can be often such a used word, like, you know, soul aligned and all of this alignment. What does alignment mean in a more practical, grounded way? It's if you're aligned, it means that you are using your resources optimally. And that means that that brings everything with it, joy, uh, flow, ease, um, just more just more energy flows, I would say. And so it alignment matters. And the work that I do, and I think so many coaches and um, out there do, is to support people in being alignment with their talents, with their gifts, with their season of life, cycle of business, all those things. And really, I help people be stay aligned to what they truly want. And that is always my top question. And that is what my clients really pay me for at the end of the day to keep them true to their vision. And, um, and then they end up creating even creating that and even more as a result. Mm -hmm. I think with men and women, it could be different. But the question is, how did we get to this place where we have dissatisfaction and we're not really living, we're not really being ourselves? I mean, I think part of it is people are just spent way too much time trying to be somebody else. I think it can, it, it can stem from different sources, certainly upbringing cultural conditioning of the shoulds, what makes a good mm -hmm. person, uh, you know, what it means to be successful. What does it mean, you know, um, expectations from family, especially parents, you know, you've got to make a lot of money or this is what success looks like. You know, the adage of, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You've got to work hard for the money. You know, you don't have the luxury to do what you love. You just got to, you know, you got to be responsible and, and make money and, and for the household. And, and there can be real life situations where you have expenses to pay and you don't feel like you have the quote unquote luxury to do what you want. Right. But then you feel drained and severely depleted in a career that does not support you. You're doing the responsible thing, but you're killing your spirit and really not doing well for your body. So I'm not minimizing the fact that there are real life concerns day to day for people. And I'm a yes and person. I'm not an either or. I'm an only child. So I like what I want and I like it now. So I'm all here about possibilities. So even if you are stuck in a job or your business isn't at the level that you can have it, my question is, what is the yes and? If you are not in an optimal place with your business or career, what would you like to have and what can be some small steps that you can be taking to move you eventually in the direction of what you want, whether that's research, uh, taking a part-time job, an internship, what have you, um, so that um, I'm so driven by possibility and, and having a future, a compelling mm -hmm. future that I need to have that present for me. And maybe some people are different. They're just fine being pragmatic and that works for them. But the people I tend to attract are very much the same way. They want to have a compelling future. They want to make a, a difference in the world. And they are done throwing themselves under the bus because they've done there, been there sometimes more than once, myself included. And they're like, there has to be a better way. You know, this this can't be it. And when you were in that the podcast that I was listening to of yours about leading with love, and from love, the girls were talking about the traditional models of leadership. And on my website, if you go under what is soul fluent leadership, I talk about the traditional, more ego driven approach to leadership, which is about, you know, 
follow the rules, go up the corporate ladder. Um, you know, it's about so, compliance. Yes. It's about doing what a path that has someone decided is the way to succeed. And then there's soul fluent or soul driven leadership, which is not hierarchical. It's more nourishing. It's more about expression mm -hmm. versus compartmentalizing yourself. And so I truly believe that the wave of the future and that certainly a path to sustainable leadership and business growth and entrepreneurship and just performance in general, whether you're in a business or any kind of contribution context in container is one that um, gives people um, honors them humanely that gives them a chance to be expressed and gives them some room to decide how they want to show up without feeling compelled to follow a formula to get there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you actually on your website, and this is like, you know, I said, it's a beautiful website and it is, is, um, you have an Akashic records training this October. I so, do. <laughs> you know, I, just to remind you, just so you don't forget, right? No, I'm just kidding. But it's like the Akashic Records, it's like people are going to, uh, you know, it's really at the top of your website under your logo, which is gorgeously animated. But it's just like, that's that's the Akashic Records, that's going to be foreign to a lot of business people, I'm sure. Do you, can we talk about it a little we bit? We can. And that just, this page just came up this week after a couple of months of just putting, you know, just sometimes anyway so I'm very excited about it and this is one of the key things that people come to me for they really come for the soul guidance along with the practical business strategy they want to know what their guides what their soul wants mm -hmm. them to contribute in the world and how to grow their business from their soul um, and so Akashic Records are a way to really uh, connect to your guides you know, and to receive clarity from that higher perspective. Mm -hmm. um, the Akashic Records have been called the, your book of life. Some people call it the Google database of your soul where you can tap into this energy and gain access to insight, clarity, healing, uh, to support you to live your best life. Nobody needs to have a special ability to access, you know, connection with their soul guides. Um, but it is something that you can learn. And level one, which is this training I'm having October 23rd and 24th virtually, we spend this time to show you what are your Akashic records? How do you access them? How do you do healing in them? How do you feel confident? in the information you're hearing. Usually the way I describe it is that, you know, we have our, our different senses, right? We're clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. So we can, you know how some people say, oh, I had a vision or I had something in my dreams or I'm hearing something or I can feel, I have a knowing, right? It's clairsentient. And so for me, when I open up the records of myself or another, I it's almost like I'm in a movie theater and I'm watching a movie. So I see things, I hear things, I feel it's all happening at once. And so I get to can convey this guidance to others. And my specialty is really business models, marketing, offers, pricing, you know, blind spots that your business might have that you're not aware of in terms of opportunities as well as misalignments. Also who you are as a leader and how you're showing up in your business. All this from a soul uh, perspective. And so in Akashic Records training, we get to really 
entered this sacred space of love and truth. You know, it really is a very high frequency space of love. You get amazing um, boost of, of energy. I called it love crack the first time I learned to access my <laughs> records. I was terrified, you know, I was like, oh, what are these people gonna do? And they're never gonna, your guides always are here for your best good. So they would never share information that is untimely or that would hurt you in any way. And it's a relationship like anything else. You know, it's a way for you to connect to your soul guides. They're called your record keepers, kind of light beings that support you through every um, incarnation. And Akasha means ether in Sanskrit. Um, and so it's kind of a, different energy that you access and that you can um, really build a relationship with. You can do yeah. healing, you can get guidance on demand for yourself. And it's a really beautiful spiritual tool that for me has allowed me to deepen my intuition, take what I call soul leaps, you know, really go after my bigger dreams. And also it's allowed me to download, a, you know, the entire Soul Fluent Leadership Archetypes body of work, which is something that many people do. And many people that come to me have thought leadership and bodies of work, and you can access that through the records too. So it's amazing what you can create from that space if it yeah. calls to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're describing to me is actually, a, to me, a natural way of being. Mm. Okay. I love that. Nobody's ever said that to me before. Yeah, no, it's a it's a natural way of being that I think, you know, over time, we just industrial revolution and, and the rest of it, you know, that just kind of got put on the back burner. So it's not for many people, I'm sure they, you know, it's learning something new. But it, I would imagine that people when they once they experience uh, it, it's kind of like, oh, there you are. There's this part of me that I had maybe when I was a child. Now, and I'm not making it just, I'm not talking about inner child stuff, but a way of being that is natural to us that as we were little tots growing up, just was always there, you know, imagination, creativity, all these things. And uh, yeah, so I am, gosh, I'm excited for you. Thank you. And for anybody that takes this workshop, because I know it's valid. I, I mean, I have guides or I actually have one guide and he shows up, he is a he, or, you know, long, white-haired, bearded gentleman that, that in my dreams were, were sitting under a tree on this little hill, and I do not ever remember the conversation, but I wake up the next morning with a level of clarity that I never have any other way. So I don't try to, like, go, oh, what was that about? Trying to, like, eh, what, what's your dream mean? None of that stuff at all. It just puts me in a state that feels very natural. You know, it's like, oh, I'm alive. This is incredible. What an opportunity. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that's what I really say on the, on the sales page. You know, it's really about expanding your personal free, freedom and power and really connecting to that, the truth of who you really are, the, the essence, which is that soul part of you. Yeah. Are you familiar with the model of be, do, have? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm still exploring it. It's just, I, I I believe that the being speaks to an energetic state and to energy and frequency more in particular. So if you're, for example, being the energy of love, I've been playing with the energy of being wholehearted, which is a word that I remember from, from Renee Brown recently. Yep. And, um, 
so if I'm being the energy of wholehearted, my heart feels like it's so big and open, then my energy will feel more open, more relaxed, more yeah. trusting. And then my energy will be maybe more grounded, more um, intentional. And then I may have in the moment, which I think is the best thing, that feeling of feeling, receiving and giving love. And so I'm getting all that goodness now for myself versus just doing something in order to have something in the future, meaning that now I feel void of that, you know, f desired feeling or thing. So you're, you're basically experiencing the presence of it now that, so it's a yes. And I have a get to experience it now for myself and to create that resonance that can invite what I want more of from others as well. Mm. Really nice. My big inspirations right now and have been for a while is uh, Brene Brown. Yes. Did some work with Byron Katie. Do you know her work? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Great work. And then um, also Seth Godin, um, Simon Sinek. Uh -huh. um, and then I've been working a lot over there also with Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. Yes. Yeah, which I really. So who inspires you? or lately, it's not like your whole life, but just what has your attention in terms of inspiration? It doesn't have to be a who, it could be a what as well. My inquiry at the moment is, for me personally, is it's, I don't know if it really answers your question. It's maybe it's my time, my, my midlife right now um, in the process of buying a house, as you can see the boxes. Um, yes, for yeah, we, we wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that, that's her art form, actually. Oh, box. It's an Andy Warhol kind of a thing, right? <laughs> um, so I think that I'm at this place of really the inquiry is the wholehearted and it came to me last week when i was thinking about you know now i'm contributing to a mortgage i am reprioritizing things and re-examining my contribution and how my contribution to the world can provide more of a return on energy both in terms of fulfillment nourishment and money and so i'm like well what can my contribution look like now in the world from a wholehearted place well how can my work really give me even more energy than I put into it. And um, how, what is that juxta that symbiotic relationship between money and soul where I can do soul work and be even more well compensated for it? And how can I provide value to the world that it really needs? Um, but again, from that place of not compromising myself or in the process. And to me, it, there is this real thing about return on energy, right? Because I think sometimes if we are very purpose driven, we put so much effort into things, but then maybe we feel resentful that we don't get the amount of money or recognition or clients, you know, and it can feel very um, frustrating to say the least. And so um, again, I'm a yes and person. So how can we do great work? And this is how I describe it feel good, do good, pay good. And I know that it's not always an adjective, it's an, an adverb, pay well, you know, but you know, how can we get all of that in alignment where for me, that would be, is my ideal. I don't want to have to, you know, be paid well and, and really 
energetically feel off in terms of not liking the work. I guess that sometimes maybe that's just a part of life sometimes, but if it, if we didn't have to compromise, what does pay good, feel good and do good look like for me in terms of business? Um, because I think sometimes we don't even realize that it's not just return on investment, it's also the return on energy that we put in. As you know, I'm like my book is coming out now in September. It's been a year-long process, right? I haven't seen the full energetic results of that yet. I've seen it in terms of how much I've grown, how much I've learned about the work and, and about the process of writing a book, but I haven't gotten to see the financial repercussions of that yet. I haven't gotten to see people's eyes lighting up, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm like, oh, this has value. The few people that have reviewed the book have given me phenomenal reviews and I'm just like, okay, I hope that they're just not being nice, which I know they're not, but and hopefully that, you know, the work, uh, the business. Oh, you're, you're, not, you're not entering into imposter syndrome, are you? Oh my gosh. That is the, the little pit of hell that I tend to, to the ditch that I fall into more often than not. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't, including Who, myself. Me? Oh, yeah. Don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems to be a big one for a lot of people. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So what other part of your story would you like to tell? I well, you know, for me, I think that uh, my story of coming to do what I do has been such a winding adventure. My point is that leading from your soul can be probably one of life's greatest adventures. And it also can be incredibly fulfilling and frustrating. I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I was young, I thought I wanted to be a concert pianist, which I didn't oh, think I was fine. good enough to do. I, I, I have on my website that at nine years old, I wanted to be a nun, a ballerina, or an astronaut. <laughs> um, didn't become any of those. Then um, I wanted to become a concert pianist in high school and realized, nah, that's not, I'm just, I'm not devoted to eight hours, you know, practicing a day. I don't think I was that gifted. And that left me with that big hole of now what? Got to college, took an environmental science course and realized that we were really screwing the planet over and decided to uh, go into environmental policy work, which was wonderful for a decade. Mm. It was the do good part. I worked for World Wildlife Fund and the Inter-American Development Bank. It was great. Do you know, but, do you actually, I'm going to throw this out. Do you know Myela Manassian? I don't. Okay. She has a podcast called Tiny Climate. Actually, it's called Tiny Climate Challenge, but it's tinyclimate.com. So I think she's been involved in all those those organizations you just talked about, but she's a uh, environmental researcher. Oh, my husband would probably be a great person for to talk to. My, yeah. I have a, a graduate degree in, in international environmental relations, uh, and my husband has it in uh, environmental science. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. That's great. It, and so we're both very committed to environmental issues, but I burned out after a decade mm, of, mm. you know, I worked high level government leaders level, and it was frustrating to see that there was so much compromising and how long things mm. took. And so I started a fashion business importing accessories from Brazil for a while. I'm Brazilian by birth. And this was in when I was in DC. And then I had a very tough five years of just doing event planning and transitioning skills until I could figure out what I wanted to do. It was hard. I took Myers-Briggs tests and I was trying to figure out and I could never seem to find things that I liked to do that would also pay well. It was either it was going to pay well and I would hate it or it would I would love it and it wouldn't pay me enough. And so um, it was frustrating. And then I came upon 
uh, health coaching as a, a way to go through learning about emotional eating, which was an issue for me. And I got a coaching certification and decided that was the next step. Didn't plan on being an entrepreneur, had no insights. I didn't even know what a health coach was, for God's sake. And then after three years or four years of that, I came upon the Akashic Records and realized that that had been the missing piece that I wasn't even aware of, you know? Because the thing is that when I was coaching um, uh, clients, women, we were talking about emotional eating and really what we were talking about was career and them living their purpose because they were eating poorly because they were doing work that they didn't, wasn't aligned with them. And so once I switched to the Akashic Records and realized my real gift in the records was leadership and business stuff, rebranded to do what I do now and then eventually created this whole body of work on leadership archetypes and leading from your soul's language, leadership language, which is your really your archetype, which helps you understand your innate gifts and talents and how to apply that to your business, which is what the Soulfluent Leadership Business Guide is all about is, you know, what is your archetype? There are five. There's the mystic, the visionary, the strategist, the explorer, and the divine feminine. I'm a mystic. Um, and then what does that mean in terms of how you run and lead your business? Love it. So it's all to say is that if you have found yourself in a winding adventure of trying to find your path or never feeling like, you know, the traditional paths have worked for you, you're not alone. <laughs> mm, mm. I was going to say something, just, you know, footnote, I have the gift of ADD. So often there'll be something, I, I, I have a question, and then it's gone. I'm so, sorry. No, no, no. There's no reason to be sorry. It's, um, you know, I should probably take notes. It's like, bang, but I don't. Because I, you know, I, I want to have my attention on you, quite frankly. Aww. Yeah. So that's the show is about you. It's it I may produce it and have it may be my show. But this is all about you. I mean, holding safe space, hopefully. And I love your cat, by the way. Yeah, this is Bodhi. He's um, Bodhi. Ma mama's boy. And we have Annabelle, his sister, um, who's a daddy's girl. Yeah, but he loves to make me company and to show up and walk over the screen and do all his things. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's great. Is there any other aspect of your uh, the work that you do that you're particularly uh, fond of? And actually the thing that I was going to say, once again, I just brought it back. So that was a left turn and now I'm coming back. Okay. I have noticed that in my life, you just expressed it in your life and I hear it from virtually everybody in our culture, that path of da, 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 and taking jobs and realizing you're not happy, da, da. You know, there's a period of time in our life where we just do the work. And I think we learn, a, we learn skills, we learn to communicate, we learn, we learn things. But then there is this point in our life, I don't know if it's 40, 50, somewhere around that or less, that all of a sudden we wake up. There's a wake up that happens. And I think it, I think it takes, you know, I just observe it where I think it takes a period of time for people to just live and experience life. And then all of a sudden, bang. So every experience you've told me today I can see some aspect has served you really, really well. Would you agree or? I would agree. I would say that it hurt like hell going through some of those really painful mm -hmm. dark nights of the soul. 
Um, but my, my philosophy is just keep going. When it comes to something mm -hmm. I really want, and I, it seems either so far away or I just don't know how to quite get to it um, yet, my philosophy of persistence has always been just keep going. The next step will show up and you will keep moving forward towards what you really want. I mean, I wanted to get married and meet my partner for two decades. It took that long. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to do something meaningful with my life that felt like I was really a, a natural extension of my talents. And it took a while to get that. They're probably in my late 30s, early 40s. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, every twist and turn in my career has been an opportunity to contribute in a different way or explore different facets of my talents, but also ultimately to know myself better. And I, and the key to that is the gift of that is self-trust because I truly believe that as, as a life skill and certainly as a CEO and business skill, self-trust is your greatest asset in mm -hmm. a world that is screaming at you the latest things to do and what not to do. And, um, at the end of the day, the composure and discernment to know this is what feels true for me. And this may actually, what feels true for me may go exactly against the grain. And maybe what my advisors and my team members and my board or my coach is telling me, but I know in my heart that this is the path for me. That ability to trust yourself, even if you're scared out of your mind is, um, very po very powerful because the soul doesn't communicate logically. It communicates how it wants to communicate and offer it means um, it's intuitive, it's a nudge, it's a dream, it's a desire. And so being able to follow that with self-trust and an enormous amount of faith and resilience is where we get to develop that spiritual muscle and that spiritual part of ourselves that is really a part of, I believe, our human experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and so once we get to know ourselves better, we get to, it, it's almost as if we can navigate the pathways of our internal ecosystem so much more quickly and not get stuck and say, oh God, it's a belief, it's a pattern. You know, like there can be imposter syndrome as there is, but then I'm like, okay, there it is. I know what some of my tools are to work through that. And let me just keep going forward, right? It's like you you know yourself. And that's on my website, on the homepage. When you know yourself better, you lead better. And the archetypes are just one additional framework amongst many out there to help you understand yourself better so you can make better, more optimal decisions for yourself without compromising or compartmentalizing your genius, your goals, your self-expression. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a comment. Um, what I believe is that the mind cannot understand the matters of the heart. I think they they work in different pathways that they can be, you know, cross and be symbiotic, but they are each individual courses and pathways for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a woman named Carrie Lake, as in dot com, who kind of, well, I've spent some time working with her and studying her, but, uh, she taught me one exercise, which was that to teach the mind to watch the body, hmm. to give the mind something new. It's like people try to shut off the mind continually, but the problem with that is the mind is actually here to serve us. It keeps us safe. It helps us with our grocery shop. We're driving down the street and it keeps us from hitting people and all sorts of things, you know? 
Yes. But we can teach it something new in terms of getting in touch with ourselves, which is mind, watch the body. So there's a lot of practices that I've, you know, seen and observed and for taken, you know, for taken in and where th that's what they do is just like notice your right foot right now. Yes. And I do think that, I mean, I think that we, it's, it's valuable to honor each heart, mind, body, spirit. Um, and I definitely think that for me, a huge um, tool of learning to listen to my body's cues, right? Pain, mm -hmm. ache, stress, feeling, being able to withstand, withhold and transmute feelings in my body mm -hmm. has been a game changer. That's a big part of why I would eat too much is because I didn't know how to handle the tension and the discomfort that came from feelings. The questions I ask myself all the time is, what am I feeling right now? What do I need right now? And oftentimes that's a great question for emotional eaters because it's like, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling anxious. So then, okay, what am I feeling scared and anxious about? What can I do about it? You know, what do I really need in this moment? And oftentimes a bath or just taking a long shower or being by myself or going for a walk, like what I need is comfort and nurturance. Okay, so how can I give to that to myself now versus necessarily going and eating a chocolate cake, which I don't do really anymore, thankfully. But it's because I've become aware of my emotions and befriended it and also learned to befriend my body and understand what it's saying to me instead of trying to control or punish my body in some way and just to really see the body as an ally versus a foe. Mm -hmm. So when you when you have a feeling and you recognize it, inquiry about it, and then you ask the question, what do I need right now? You always get an answer, don't you? You do. And that's part of, again, everything is a relationship, whether it's be with your soul guides and the Akashic records or with your body. Yeah. It's like, okay, you just learned to, like last night I was feeling incredibly tired. And admittedly, I ate a small piece of Julian's strawberry rhubarb pie that yes. I, didn't, I didn't really Strawberry rhubarb? It. They make strawberry rhubarb? I love strawberry rhubarb. They do. They do. That's yeah, that's a religious experience right there. It was good, but it wasn't necessarily something I needed. What I really acknowledged at the time, and I decided to override it anyway, was that I was thirsty and I was tired. So what I really mm. needed to do was to drink, to hydrate, which I don't do enough of. And I just honestly just needed to go to bed and sleep because I was tired. And so I know that if I'm running myself ragged, sometimes I will just eat or feel a pull to something comforting or sweet just because I just need to, what I really need is rest and water, sure. not sugar. Yeah. And so um, I'm aware of it. And most of the time I listen and some days like yesterday, I just needed that extra piece of, you know, a small piece of pie and it made me really happy and, and I don't beat myself over it, but it's just, just noticing what do I need in this moment? What am I feeling in this moment? And what does my body really, like, what is the medicine for what I'm experiencing, mm. the true medicine? And it's not always food at all. You know, mm. it goes, let's go back to the basics. Rest, water, nourishing food, and for me, breathing room and space. And for some people, that can mean meditation. It can mean exercise. Of course, there's exercise too, movement. Those mm. are always the five fundamental basic pillars, right, of any sense of well-being. And then, um, and then if, if I, 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 I touch on those first and then, um, and then I, and then if there's something else, I'll go do something else, you know, would you, would you like a little tip on hydration? Yes, I would. I would love I, it. I worked in water for seven years. I had a company here distributed really good water. 
So back in the day, paleo period or whatever, Mm -hmm. We didn't have water bottles. We didn't have faucets, none of that stuff at all. So what we would do is go to our water, uh, watering hole in the morning and tank up and drink a lot of water. And it would keep us hydrated throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So I, when I discovered that, I started playing around with it, experimenting, and it was absolutely true. So that's typically what I do, which is I'll have like a liter or two of water sometime in the morning you know, before like 10 o'clock. And then I never have to worry about it. You know, it takes a while because most people aren't used to drinking that much water at one time. They sip, you know, we have a tendency to just sip water, but I don't sip, I tank up. You might want to try it. Just try tanking up, Priscilla. Yeah, and I have a pretty um, tumbler that's sparkly and it tends to like, and also I like cold water and I like to have easy sure. access. So I've learned just in the last couple of days, uh, if I just leave it there and it's because I wake up thirsty every day. And so it just helps to just whatever will make it pretty, sparkly, easy to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So let's wrap up. Anything else you want to cover? I want to remind people that, you know, call me Pollyannish or optimist that you can have what you want and you can get to start completely from scratch. You know, there's, I think so many of us post COVID uh, or working through COVID. I don't think we're over it yet. No, we're not. No, Uh, no, that's um, that's a myth, right? Yeah. I I would say this, give yourself some space to be with with whatever you're feeling. I don't think, at least for myself, I don't think we're through processing COVID or Mm -hmm. the, the mental health and the spiritual aspects of that. I second is that it's okay to, to reconsider and reprioritize things and to trust that process, even if it's scary, like what it means buying, selling a house, moving, shifting things. And, and also it may not be as dramatic, you know, as it doesn't have to be that big. Sometimes it's a tweak, it's not an overhaul. And third is to give yourself credit for what you have accomplished to celebrate yourself and to know that you, I truly believe we can be, do have whatever we want and to never ever give up on yourself and your dreams and to never ever compromise what matters most to you. And if you find that you're doing that, start create an exit plan that feels much more in alignment with yourself. I believe our dreams are, and are really our soul's nudges and whispers to live our best life and so never ever give up on the dream doesn't mean because you don't know how to do it that there isn't a way yeah yeah well thank you very much for being here and i know you're getting you're in the process of moving your time is precious as is mine but somehow I want to stay in touch with you. What's the best way for people to stay in touch or get in touch with you? Yeah, so go to PriscillaStefan.com. If you want to identify which of the five Soul Fluent Leadership Archetypes are yours, you can go to uh, PriscillaStefan.com forward slash quiz. It's a three-minute free quiz. And if you opt in, you'll get the PDF. And I'm also on Instagram at PriscillaStefan. And if you're looking for the soul plus business and leadership aspects, to really grow your business in a soul aligned way. I have one-on-one options and my roundtables and lots of really wonderful ways to help you grow your business without compromising what matters most. I'm looking forward to finding out more and tapping into what you offer. I really am. And the business guide, which I am so excited to be coming out in September, the Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide. 
Okay, so let's let's briefly talk about that. It's released in September. Where can people get it? It's on my website as well, PriscillaStefan.com forward slash book, and there'll be more on it there. Um, okay. But if you, and if you want to join my newsletter list, which you can when you take the quiz, you'll be notified of it. There'll be a Kindle and a print version of it. Mm -hmm. And the business guide is really your how-to reference guide of how to build your business in alignment with your archetype. And we look at your business model, your message, your money systems and structures, which are the three core levers. But we also look at branding, your unique manifesting style, team building, your leadership style, your strengths as well as your kryptonite as in, based on your archetype and uh, social media content, marketing. I mean, we look at all the key aspects of what it takes to build the business through the lens of your archetype and to invite you to really trust that part of you that's that is what it is and how to really practically apply it so your business runs in total alignment with your innate leadership style and gifts. Oh, that's really nice. You seem to be the Amazon of leadership. You can kind of get everything here, huh? It's a one-stop shop, right? That really brings that, that soul, like how do you understand and access your archetype really, which is your soul's leadership language in a way yep. and, and become fluent in the language of your soul's leadership. That's awesome. Well, I believe, and I'm just telling everybody, go to the website and uh, everybody needs a coach or a guide or both. So I encourage people to go to PriscillaStefan.com and, and uh, feast out. Feast out. I love that. Come here and let's talk, you know, all good stuff. Yeah. And if you're also interested in the Akashic Records training, it's 500 bucks, which is a steal for a lifelong skill that will change your life, guaranteed. Um, and so that's October 23rd and 24th virtually through Zoom. Um, and all the details are on my website. And you can always reach out to me too, um, at PriscillaStefan.com. I'm very open and accessible. And if I can help in any way, um, I am always happy to help. As my motto is, if I can't do good, I will not do harm. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a good one. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for being here. And, of course, uh, everybody out there, Catch this audio anywhere you get your audio. And uh, Priscilla, once again, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, John. And guys, remember, you guys are the bomb. Keep rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end. Thank you.